You're listening to Red Nation Online. Two for two. Three kicks. Here it is. Saturday, July 23rd, Steve Perry, I'm Ian Clark, and despite the heat, the drought is over. Yes, it poured goals, specifically a Jovinko hat trick that led the Reds to a 4-1 victory over DC United. It was a vintage performance from the Italian DP, with a hand in almost every goal and scoring chance, but we discussed the supporting cast, who were also key to the win, running through the match, giving our players of the game, aside from Jovinko, and go over our sights and sounds on a night and result that was worth celebrating. All that and more on the next 35 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. I'm going to set you up perfectly for that one. It's a dog days of summer, Steve. Hasn't rained in days. But the drought is over. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, I think, I think that's the, the perfect opener to go a couple different ways on that. The first one, how happy I am to come home from a game to talk about more than one goal. <laughs> sure, To yeah. talk about many, many things. Like, we aren't going to be grasping at, you know, really, like, micro-analyzing the game. We can talk in, like, huge, broad strokes and just, in general, uh, elation for the kind of game that I think we really have in MLS play, probably not only game that's been like this is that Montreal Voyagers Cup game. Yeah, I, I was going to say this is, I was, th- I was thinking that actually, that this is, so I equate that as like the best game Toronto's ever had. And I equate, I equate it tonight as being up there with one of the best games that Toronto's ever had. So, you know, the MLSC seems to be celebrating these historical moments. They should celebrate tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- today, tonight was one of the first nights where I was like, let the fireworks go. Yeah. I am ha- more than happy to, to applaud... The propaganda. Yeah, the, the post-game, mid-game... Ejaculation. Yeah, that goes <laughs> on with this club. I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. This, under these circumstances, I think it's justified and warranted. So I was pretty happy with, with that. And again, I guess I'm just going to say it again, how just overall pleased. Maybe it's just uh, to try to keep it from going overboard. Um, with the result, with the performance, and of course the players featured in this game sure but I think it uh, it has to be put in context I think uh, yes largely it's been unexciting it's been an unexciting stretch for Toronto FC with all these injuries and players out and it's just been like a grinding grueling it's tough to be a Toronto FC fan period uh, because it, there hasn't been much to cheer about uh, although we've gotten to see the bench quite a bit um, it hasn't been so impressive of course, this week we saw the signing of Tucson Ricketts, um, who you can give a backstory on. He's uh, had quite a difficult time actually getting this signing to happen. It's un, it's in some ways. I mean, the Toronto media, or the Canadian media, seems to celebrate Canadian signings. It's not always a great thing, but in this case, at least in the 20 minutes that we saw, it shows a lot of promise, right? Yeah, and I think the like when you look at a, maybe a story like Tucson Ricketts. 
Um, and we complain about it a lot on this podcast, how it's bullshit that the Canadian counts as international because this is a player who probably would be an MLS caliber player and wouldn't have to go through six, seven or eight teams in five or six different countries and not get paid on more than one occasion in his career. Um, you know, not a lot of stability and he comes across as a journeyman, but that's the circumstances because as Canadians, there's not, a, there's nowhere for us in North America in a lot of ways. So they have to go to Europe where, well, they're, they're way down the pecking order. If you're not one of the top three players on a European team, they don't want a Canadian. It's just a waste of time. They're not even going to look at you. So for Ricketts to kind of keep plugging away, and I think if I have the chronology correct, it was Finland to Romania to Norway to Turkey to Israel back to Turkey, now to Toronto FC. And the Turkey, the last Turkey incident took a long time for to get unraveled, right? Yeah, and that's and that's a very common occurrence for it was happened in Romania, which has happened to a lot of players in Romania, and it's happened to a lot of players in Turkey where the clubs don't pay the players on time. Um, there's very few teams in in Turkey that are sort of known for their fiscal responsibility and, and capability to pay their players, uh, you know, at the first or the last of the month, and uh, that's the situation was Ricketts was in, and I know that uh, linking back to another team, Milan Borjan. It wasn't necessarily I was getting paid, but the same thing with the was with the league where, you know, they had to file paperwork for him, and they just took their sweet time doing it. Borian missed out on going to Napoli because of it, and Ricketts was sitting around getting no playing time, just being on the training pitch with Toronto FC for the last two months, it sounds like. It sounds like Toronto might have signed him in May if they could have, um, but his, his second division club in, in Turkey were just dragging their feet. So... I'm happy that he's here. I know that he's kind of a player that's... Uh, His first touch in the ball, he almost scored. Second, second touch, touch he the... hits the post. And his third touch. Yeah, should have been a clear goal. But, you know, if we cycle, if we cycle back, you know, the one thing you, you were saying, there is a bit of a backstory to this game. And, and there's a recent one, too. I mean, the last... The, that I think connects really well with this game because the last game was our home game against Chicago. And the specific thing that happened in that game, and I talked about... Uh, I guess I was a guest on the Vocal Minority podcast uh, the Monday after that, and I said, you know, the player that the player that I noted in the game was, of course, Giovinco for a couple reasons, and it was that, you know, he was getting free kicks in his sweet spot, and he couldn't get it to go in, and he was getting that passes in open open channels, 25 yards out. That last year, we were seeing him just stroke neatly into the corner, and he and it, and it wasn't happening for him, and then today was a game where. Finally, we saw, and, he, and after that game, he didn't go play in Columbus, and then we had the debacle in San Jose. Yeah, and so the game in Columbus, the press was even saying, "Is Javinko leaving?" Right. So the rumors started spreading, and it just felt like this team is unraveling and quickly. Right? And then the San Jose game against Nine Men, yes. which created tons of chatter. Where, which I found was interesting because there was a sort of there was a camp that was saying, you know, what's you know, we don't have our best players we're doing what we can you know agree you should do much better against nine nine other nine players home or away but there's some context for that result and other people saying it shouldn't matter you know you're up against nine men if you're if you're a well-coached team and you have some half decent depth you should be able to find that goal and the goal that we let in the winning goal was atrocious and there's another part the story of the game was that of course there was bono who came back and they they kept him between the sticks tonight and uh 
played a decent game. He made some key saves. Yeah. Um, so that's something to talk about. But that's like the back context. <laughs> but that game. DC goal was kind of like that guy just ran through us. Like it. I mean, that pass think, went through us. I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was Bono's uh, fault necessarily. It was definitely three players. Three watched players it go. watched it go right by them. Yeah. In between um, them, you know, any one of them could have stuck their foot out. Yeah. But it was interesting because this game, of course, we saw that Ricketts was on the bench. We saw that Altidore was on the bench. Um, we stuck with Bono. But then, of course, it's it's been a pretty steady group. Osorio didn't start, but, you know, we had uh, Beta Shore, Zavaleta, Moore, Morrow, which has been the back line for a while now. Yeah. Um, and they've been doing all right. And then you have Sheru as that holding mid. He's been incredible for us since he's sort of lost, since that Montreal game or thereabouts yeah um, since basically Bradley was gone he's come in and looked outstanding for us Delgado Chapman Endo Hamilton and Jovenko Delgado scores tonight yes Great to see that yeah Endo had quite a few chances uh, still can't kind of put one away but you know it feels like it's coming yep yeah and then I think when uh, Ricketts and Altidore come in completely changed the game right so I think up until that point uh, it was almost kind of somewhat evenly matched, uh, and in fact, I was thinking at the 54th, if you PVR'd this game, I think if you watched the 54th minute to the 56th minute, you would have saw the most exciting play happen in our favor, um, but not resulting in anything. However, um, it, it completely like becomes absent when at the 70th minute that that, that transition, those changes come get made, and then all of a sudden it becomes really exciting. Like it's like we were scoring at will at that point. It's Ended up as a 4-1 result, but uh, easily could have been 6-1 uh, by the end of that, you know, by the end of the whistle. So, <laughs> Rinkus missed two. Altidore missed at least two. Yeah. Uh, and that was just in the last 20 minutes, right? And yeah. I just felt like... And it was great to see Javinko get a hat-trick. Uh, yeah. Also celebrated in the hat-trick tradition with hats going on the field. Yeah. Wasn't that nice? Yeah. Well, let's take it from, let's take it from the top. If we can. The tip of the top to the very yeah. last drop? Let's yeah, go. let's do this because uh, it did seem like the one thing I noted from the start of this game was that on a day like this where it's absolutely stinking hot, both teams came out with tons of energy. And we've seen games early in the season where you, to me it looked like they were just willing to kind of slog through and not burn out energy. But this felt different. I thought both teams... Looked like they both wanted it right from the opening whistle. They're both fighting for it, and both were expending energy off the hop. Yeah, sure. Hamilton had a good chance in the first uh, in eight, the eight minute. minute. Yeah, uh, and I think he hit a post like in the first half too. Like so, it felt like something might have been coming from him. And then Javinko scores at the twentieth with his uh, with the penalty that he earned. So you know, Javinko was able to draw three yellow cards out of DC's team and score on two of them out of penalty kicks. Right. So that's just added you know, insult to injury, right? Yeah. To DC. He he was voted man of the match, deserved it. The He scored in the same spot, in the same top left-hand corner of this keeper. And and you noted in the second, in the second kick that he took, the keeper actually lined up on that post and still he scored in that, in the inside of that post, right? Yeah. He was I, like within a yard. Yeah. It seems incredible to me that he still scored. Yeah. It's a, fa- it's a it's, to me, it's like, it's a fascinating two goals. Because the first one, he was on he's the on the post. yeah, he's on the left side of goal, so Jovinko's on the left of the goal, and the keeper's on the far right, and the wall's set up, and I'm watching that, thinking, has this guy never watched? Like he's really he's left it wide open, and he's really rolling the dice that Jovinko's been cold yeah. because this 
is an easy goal for him yeah, last year. Yeah. So I was like, that's pretty ballsy that he's that far off to the far corner. And of course, he stroked it in there and the, and the keeper had no chance. And then you see him... Well, then, of course... Uh, if he we, learned if, his lesson from but that But if, if we st- stick with the chronology... You think, yeah. After that goal, in true Toronto fashion... Three minutes later, Jared Jeffries walks through, uh, through our defense. Not only that, but uh, I think it was uh, Marcel Saris puts, like... There was no zip on the pass. Yeah. That's what was the most frustrating thing. Yeah, sure. It he kind of, pass. like... He puts this slow ball... And it like passes three DFC players before Jeffrey and Jeffrey's just runs. I mean, he, I, I don't I even know like, where to begin with this. Who's thing. gonna like? It's like each each one of them sort of like, oh, let the next guy take it. Yeah. Oh, let the next guy take it. Yeah. It runs through three of them. I couldn't believe. And it. And then more slides and misses. Yeah. And then Jeffrey picks it up and slots it in, and you're like, shit. Yeah, it takes the wind out of us, right? Just like that always happens. It was us. a Seattle game. Remember the Seattle game yeah, was the sure. one where we scored, and then they scored literally a minute later. Yeah, it felt like that, and you're like, "Holy shit, are we cursed?" However, do we celebrate too much? Yeah, yeah, right. We did. Yeah, too much fireworks, right? Yeah, maybe. However, to go back to the Jivinko free kick, he comes down and now gets a free kick on the opposite corner, which is even harder because he's curling it away, right? He's not curling it into goal; he's curling it away from goal. But that was Delgado scores in between. At the 29th minute. Sorry, you're right. Yep. So, and and that was actually all Javinko. So the ball, that was like a, I think... Um, we missed those. Chapman, Chapman did a dummy. It walks through his legs. It was That was fantastic, actually. And then Javinko picks it up, turns, uh, gets taken down, but shoots, hits the fucking post, and Delgado follows it up. And I was just, I loved watching Delgado follow it up because I was like, that's what's also been missing is like hungry midfielders following the play, right? Yeah. And and then slots it in, right? So that was, like, I mean, also, all Javinko. Well, not all Javinko. I mean, because there was lots of players in that play, right? With that, that, I mean, starting with that Chapman dummy was, like, that was, like, that was fantastic off-ball play, right? Anyway, I just think, whoa, it was great to watch. Yeah, and we have to note before and that play. And getting a goal it was great to see. Yes, Sorry. and noting before that play was that amazing shot from Sheru. Yes, that just, at the 24th minute, just just north of the, of the crossbar. And you saw, and I mean, you saw that lined up, and he's a player that I think... That's he's in so him, accurate. Well, yeah. he's so accurate. Yeah. Most times you're like... And I think he's been charged with being this, you know, deep-lying holding midfielder for us where I don't think we get to see that from him very often, that he can yeah. push forward. Yeah. He can shoot the ball. Um, and it was like, that would have been so sweet because I, that keeper would... Even if it went, the keeper got a hand on it, it would have. I think it would have gone through his hand. I don't think he would have been able to do anything about it. But you're right. So it's 2-1 at that point. And then at the 39th minute, so 10 minutes later, Javinko scores again on a free kick that he earns uh, just outside the 18, right? Yeah, and this is one that's like, I've, I'm walking home and I flip on my Twitter, or I flip on Instagram, and that's the goal that they're showing. And, and uh, I mean, the replay, you're like, holy shit, that keeper was, he was like practically on the post. Well, what I noted is that Javinko's sweet spot was the goalie's weak spot. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, at that point, I mean, what else can you say? He's got the brace. Um, he's setting. He's making things happen. He's setting up his teammates, and that's where you said, you know, yeah. but I did, the hat trick is to come. Yes, that is to come um, into the second half. And I mean, this was. I mean, what, do you, what can you say? It's three one at, at halftime. You know, I'm just. You're just hoping that they don't uh, play for the like start playing defensively. Yeah, which they didn't. No. 
But you didn't see anything else happening, right? Like there was nothing exciting. Like I mean, there was plays and there was lots of things coming in. It felt like like there was a. I, I think Javinko was working with Endo quite a bit. That he did a well, corner kick. That... He did a corner kick, right, where it was a short, and um, Endo just reacted and shot it right away, which was immediate cross. And he, we were like, "Shit, you were so close! Like you were inside the ten. You, you could have just hammered you it. Should have just hammered it the short side. Yeah. And you know anything could have come out of that, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, we've seen what this keeper does with the short side. It's not very strong. <laughs> no, no, and that was—I mean—that's the one that I'm. Yeah, I'm seeing the same thing here, and just plays where Jovinko lays it off for Endo, and Endo struck it, and the keeper had to make the short save yeah. on the short side again. Um, I would be interested actually to see what the shot stats were for this game. I didn't look it up, but we, I mean, this was a this is a game where I'm just I'm pleased that we can just talk about so many sequences yeah. and so many um, Endo set up Altidore at the end of the game too yeah uh, just before I mean he got taken off at the 89th minute but uh, you know he had some like they had playing time together so that was good to see yeah and they weren't like interfering so Endo wasn't actually shadowing Altidore he was like playing the opposite side actually he was playing an outside midfielder was like he the, wait, was he the last summer are you sure yeah at the 89th minute yeah because Hamilton came on for Ricketts Chapman for Altidore was that what it was yeah and then it was Bloom for Endo. Yeah. Okay. Because they brought in two forwards. So, you know, instead of soldiering up defense, they actually went into a more attacking formation. Right, right, right. Which is something that we don't normally do. Yeah. And then we put in the defender at the last minute. Yeah. And I would say that there was a point when they made those substitutions in the second half where I just was like... I was excited. By I was, that. I was I'm yeah. excited by that. I was like, "That's good." I'm, it was. It was great. I was excited because to see Altador and yes. Ricketts come on. Yeah. Right. That was a huge thing, and I was, and that's where you're like, finally. And then what know, a difference that makes, right? So like, we actually get not just in the game, but also now from the season, you can take a look at that last 20 minutes and say, "Holy shit, it's a different game." Like when Altador's there, or like when any of them are there. Whenever any of our DPS are like. Any of these players that are half half decent, yeah, come in. Whoa. Yeah. Well, that's you know what this team is a, a contender. Right? Yeah, and here's a sidebar that I think people are going to discuss, and they have discussed, and I think is worth discussing is the question about Hamilton and Altidore. And some have been, you know, some have suggested that because Al- Hamilton scored goals and Altidore doesn't have any goals yet this season. But, but look at the scoring options. Yeah. Like it was just a yeah well, it, day, well, right? What I would say though is that. Yes, while while um, Hamilton offers, a, you know, a pretty lethal foot in the 18-yard box, I see more from I see more cohesion and interplay offered from Altador than I do from Hamilton. And I think when we see Altador out there with Jovinko and whether it's Ricketts or whoever, I think we're going to see better football. Yeah. And I think like the, what you described at the start of this podcast of what we've had to watch. I think we're going to see better. I think we're going to see better football from this point on, as long as these guys stay healthy. And this well, is what we have. Altador was the first of the players to get injured, right? Yeah. And so he represents. Well, he the didn't first. start the season with us. I think he was injured off the hop. Yes. Came back in and then got injured. But again. then, out of the like the recent sort of run of injuries, he was the first one out. So now he's the first one back. And I'm thinking, well, she- I mean, Sheru was the first one, but like Altador was sort of the first one out of the bunch, right? Yeah. So now we're slowly going to see our first string come back, right, in the next couple of weeks. And it's just gonna, it feels like it's just going to get stronger as long as the other players get stay fit. Yeah. Well, it's hopeful because once you saw this, 
Ricketts and Altidore. I felt like it was like and wow. Zdenko. I mean, yeah, I think, that, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a tr- it's a tri- it's a tr- three-way interplay, right? Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. There's lots of options. There's lots of things that they can do, and all of a sudden, the other teams are playing defense, right? Yeah, and we're playing offense. Well, it feels like there was a point in this game where I was like, you know, you could see maybe DC scoring on their goal, and we've talked about this before, where it's like it's the Dutch mentality, right? It's like, that's fine, you can score three goals, but we'll score four. Yeah. Or we'll score five. It felt like they were just ignoring that. For yeah. yeah. You know, you kind of had that. It's This team kind of gives you that vibe where it's just like, uh, you know, you might get goals in us, but we have one-punch power. <laughs> so we can knock, we can drop you anytime we want. Uh, I think that's what it's just, yeah. you know, you're kind of starting to feel that. But then when you get, you know, if we get uh, Bradley and Johnson back, then there's just yeah. so much grit in the midfield that I think it's, uh, you know, you got it. I think uh, hopefully this game, and I'd be interesting what other people's perspectives are. If this a little bit of a swell, confidence is that what I'm thinking of? Is that what I'm thinking of? But um, you know, really starting to feel like shit. If this if things start lining up, well, I also think for the fans it'll be like, oh, this is something to watch. This is worth watching. Yeah, because you know, because truthfully, because this year it's only really and been... and the cheering was really going crazy at the end, right? Like people were like kicking the seats and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. It was like exciting. Yeah. It was like fantastic. Yeah. It had nothing to do with Jim Brennan being honored. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I know no one forgets their first. <laughs> no matter how bad they were. That's I don't know I... if there's a punchline. That's just it. That's the joke right there. <laughs> and that's what Jimmy Brennan is for Toronto He was, Yes, he was our first signing. Yeah, so that. I was thinking about, like, uh, so it comes from me saying... Is Jim Brennan that good? Like, was he? Is he that memorable? And the only memory is really he was our first. He was our first signing. He was our first captain. He was the first Canadian player. You can't forget your first, even if it's awful. I do have a couple, a couple memories of Jimmy Brennan. I gotta say, for Toronto FC. Good. <laughs> Would you like to hear any of them? No. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying. Convince you know, me. Convince you. Convince what? me that Jim Brennan's worth honoring. Well, he, I remember he scored a free kick. Nice goal on a free kick. Uh, he okay. also scored a nice goal. I do remember that. That the was start, the only thing I remember. The about. start of the 2009 season away to Kansas City. Scored a nice goal. Start the season off with a 3 2 win. That was a big one for Jimmy. Jimmy but I think B. he was only worth like one goal a season, wasn't he? Well, he was, he, was a, he was a left back. He was a left. He was a, he was a midfielder who they made a left back who, uh, as soon as Precky came along, I think he was like, peace this, peace out. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into this anymore. Uh, retired. I think he retired. I don't even know if the, se- the season started. It must. I think it might have been the season he got just moved started. To head office. That's how we got. It was retired. so ridiculous. That's how he got retired. Yeah. And he was on the ticket today. Oh, and you, okay, because we've kind of segued into sights and sounds. Because a, you're just like, okay, Jimmy Bennett. <laughs> I know it's like, hey, it wouldn't be an Eastside Sam podcast if we didn't gripe about something about MLSC. If we brought in a fucking banner and tried to unfurl that, we would be thrown out of the stadium. But these dickheads, during the middle of the game, unfurl their Jimmy Brennan banner. And you're just like, oh, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> there was you know, jokes, you're, you're there man- was jokes about people missing the best minute of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, your manufactured support, your manufactured enthusiasm and passion. And it's like, you know, could you let us do that? The people who are actually sitting in the seats and, yeah. and actually passionate about this team? No, of course not. You would never let that happen. That's just annoying. Coming from a section that used to be allowed to stand and do those kind of things, we're not anymore. Unless they let us. <laughs> unless they unless they provide the banners. 
And to be truthful, we would never do a Jim Brennan banner. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ever. I know he's like a bit of like a you know he's, he's so got, he represents a little bit of our history. Yeah. Very little. But yeah, that would never happen. So it's, it's so little that it would never happen. But you know, is this uh, was this a historical moment for MLSE? Was this like one of these history, this mo- like these like you know moments in Canadian history kind of things that we see on t- television PSAs? Yeah. Is it was this uh, MLSE's like I mean because they talked about this being the tenth year and it's going to be all these historical moments through the season? Was this one of those? I mean, you know, Rosario. This is, so this, this is the, is the second one. These are the two players one. from the Wall of Honor that got uh, moved, and we don't know where it's moved to. And was this is this is it now a virtual like are they gonna just uh, talk about it <laughs> like yeah is this just gonna be brought up like periodically from year to year or whatever there's other things to there's I guess to, today was the night to celebrate yeah you we didn't need more, any of that we didn't need we didn't need any of that I'll keep the fireworks though it was a good night for fireworks <laughs> so I don't know if, if, there, if there's anything that we can say down that stretch I would say though. It was nice that sort of in that extra time and down the last because it was a, there was sort of a moment when the substitutions came on and Toronto just looked hot shit and then DC had a whole spell of possession and then we looked great again right down the stretch and in the, we should note from that we mentioned it before but of course that substitution I mean resulted in Ricketts getting a shot within his first touch of the first touch of the ball and then of course he had three touches on the ball and all of them were scoring chances. He had more, but like I'm thinking, offensively his three touches were uh, one was a post, and one was north of the thing. He just had good chances. I was like, it's great that when that happens. Yeah, in my hope, it's a good, it's a great debut, but I want to say that like it happened at the 70th minute when the other team is super exhausted, and he's fresh legs, and I want to see more from him to see if like he can be a starting 11 player. Right, we'll see. That's it's not a true test yet. Yeah, but there's there's something that we've complained about from the season is depth, and is he a guy that can be an amazing 65th to 75th or whatever minute sub be, yeah. that is just gonna because you can see that he covers so much ground like that. He's got pace. Uh, I guess that might people might question now <laughs> how good his finishing is, but I think it's something that'll come because he hasn't yeah, been playing. I think it's just nerves, right? Yeah. Well, I think yeah, you find yourself on a on a one on one, the first minute of your of your debut with the team, with your home team. Yeah, the first time on home soil, right? Yeah. So well, con- you your country. Do well. Yeah, you want to do well. Yeah. So I just hope that um, you know I do find that Toronto supporters kind of do put Canadian players under the microscope. They get a lot of pressure, so I hope there isn't uh, the expectations for him aren't too high or that. It's a great showing. Yeah. First time, great showing. I, and I hope he and I hope he scores because he is like a player that he works hard and he'll put he'll put it out there for you whether or not he scores with regularity or not. Um, I think he deserves to be uh, cheered when he's out there. So and then of course we finished the game. That last chance was really nice where we saw those, all these guys getting together on it. Like in the last three minutes, everyone was getting a touch. You were seeing Jovinko, Alcador, and Ricketts all linking up really nicely. And it was then it was nice to see that it was Mark Bloom who yeah, actually the, set up that last goal and cross, yeah. makes a case for himself that he's not like on ice yeah. and uh, on the way out that he can uh, probably offer some depth as well. Like if they now, now that is out, yeah, he's got something to offer. And Jovinko, there you go. There's the hat trick uh, <laughs> right at the dying seconds. 
And I think it's like... Yeah, it happened an additional time. We haven't had many games like this this year, Steve, where it's like... You know, sometimes you it's almost like... He was so influential and played such an incredible game that you kind of almost downgrade it because it was there's almost too many moments to talk about. And it's almost as like, yeah, it's just another game for him. Which yeah. was like... Even though he struggled this year, it was nice to see a game like that where you're like, shit, like... He was doing it all. He was doing everything. If he wasn't scoring, he was setting it up. And when he was taking those shots that people were complaining about, he was missing by an inch. Like, they weren't terrible shots. You know what I mean? Or when he was in that area, that sweet spot of the 25-yard range, he was passing it. He was passing it to Endo. He was passing it to Ricketts. Multiple times. Passing it to Altidore. Um, It's nice to see now that... But you can't do it all as a player. And it's too exhausting. And he's small, so he gets knocked over all the time. And the thing is, he's... You know, he can draw those penalties as well. Like, he's a great... He's great at falling, if I could say that. Yeah. I mean, he knows he's got the art of the fall down. So much that he draws... I mean, he drew... Like I said, he drew three yellow cards in the first half, and I was just like, whoa. Like, that's, you know, game-changing. All those guys are now in trouble, in card trouble, and they can't go in tackling as hard as they want. It really takes sort of the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. It changes the game. Yeah. And maybe to, to wrap this match up, Steve, if we could do a man of the match, not Jovinko, because that's pretty obvious. Is there anyone else that you thought might have stood out or that's worth mentioning? I would say this was, a, this was a, one of those games that it's nice to have. You know, we could, we could probably, it's maybe four or five guys we could say fit that uh, description or, or, or earn that honor. Um, you know, Alex Bono came back from that atrocious game against San Jose and made probably like three or four nice outstretched diving saves um, to keep Troncy in it. I thought Benoit Cheru once again was solid. I mean, he had a couple passes that didn't quite find their mark, but he was really good where when he's got, you know, when he's got a player that's trying to like dispossess him, he just seems to always find space to get away from them and never panic or rush the pass. And usually just get it where it's got to go. And then, other than that, uh, I have a different player. Yeah, I was. I thought this. This is not because he scored the goal. I'm thinking Delgado because um, because I noticed that he was running on both sides of the pitch. Uh, so he he plays an outside midfielder, and at one point I saw him on the wrong side of the pitch, which was just like, this guy is just running on both sides because he's trying to make up all the effort, right? And so I felt like his heart was in it. Uh, I, did, I mean, I initially I thought of Sheru because he's a calming player and he's, like, threading the ball a lot. But um, Delgado is like a... He takes the threat and then kind of explodes it a bit, right? Yeah. And so I felt like uh, he had a... I don't know. To me, he had a good game. And what about... Uh, so we got uh, to do a little uh, listener feedback. We did get a tweet or DM during the game oh, yeah. from uh, Simon saying, making note of Jay Chapman. Um, making his case. Yeah, making his case for him saying, he to me, he's look, starting to look like a solid MLS caliber player. And I wouldn't disagree, but I would say there is a part of his game that I noticed tonight that needs well, That work. dummy was beautiful. That was world class, but yeah. anyone could step over a ball. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not saying that. No, yeah. But he did, one thing that I was that I was noticing that I'm not I really, disagreeing. Yeah. yeah, that I really liked is that he was finding space. He was doing really well at sort of like you know picking a passes in stride and pushing forward okay. hard. That was nice. But Chapman 
gave Delgado a fucking hospital ball, which led to Delgado getting a yellow card. It was a terrible pass in the middle of the pitch, and Delgado couldn't let it go without a slide, which put him in dangerous territory, which gave him the yellow, right? And so I was thinking it was a little bit too casual. Yeah. The one that, and that's get that adds on to my point is the one one strike I would say against him is that I do I find that he just he holds on the ball a little bit too long. Yeah, you can did, you can see opportunities for him to. He's telegraphing passes. For that's sure. the other one. Which he, he's looks, yeah, he's looking to where he's passing. So there's points where he's holding on the ball, he's staring at Jovinko, and then he's taking too long to make the pass. And he did that numerous times during the game. So where it was he like, seems to be a step behind. So I don't know yet. I don't know if I agree. That's all I'll say. I'm uh, glad he's getting time. Yeah, but then you know you can make a case for a lot of players where it's like this is their. This is their trial, where they're gonna, you know, are you gonna, do these areas close up and improve, or do they not? Yeah. Um, and that's just determines on, you know, who moves on to the next level, who stays with the team, et cetera, et cetera. Now's your time to do these things. So, still, still an, a, a player and a prospect that I'm interested in seeing, because we've yeah, seen some I, beautiful things I'm from him. I'm not saying throwing the, throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, not at all. Um, just offering another side, or, or what we observed from that. Um, I don't know, Steve, were there any sites, other sites in Sads we yeah, had during I, this? Yeah, I have a sighted sound, oh, or yeah. an observation that was struck, that struck me with the, with the idea that we've switched jerseys to these white jerseys, these, uh, I guess the Blizzard throwback jersey, which is white and red with blue shorts, which makes us look like an American team, or France. something else. <laughs> um, Co- Costa Rica, Cuba, whatever. It makes us look like a but we're in an American league, so it makes us look like an American team. But our chant is, come on, you Reds. And it's a white jersey. And I feel like it's a marketing faux pas. Can we actually really say, come on, you Reds, anymore? All I know is, I have a new favorite advertiser. Shut up. <laughs> Funnel Cake Express. I love it. Wait till the X starts. Yep. You'll be singing their praise. Yep. Funnel Cake Express, everybody. We'll be doing a food review. I hate advertising. I hate marketing. I hate all that shit. But if there's one that I do like, it's Funnel Cake Express. Go out and get a Funnel Cake, people. Because <laughs> that's something worth supporting. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll leave it at that, Steve. What are we at here? Oh, nice and nice and tight. 34 minutes. So here's the deal. I'm going to be on a plane tomorrow morning. Going to Newfoundland. Hopefully by this time tomorrow night, I'll have caught my 15 cod that I'm allowed. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the law. And uh, I won't be back until the 7th of August. So that's three games that I'll be away for. I don't know. I, Steve and I will talk after this. I'm going to pitch you on whether you want to hold on to this guy. If you want to do any podcasts with the Zadaroznis, we'll figure it out. It looks like next weekend might be a bit dicey. Worst case scenario, guys, we go on hiatus. And you enjoy these next few games. That's all it'll be. And I'd be back the week after August. I think it's 13th or 14th is the next game after that. So we'll leave it at this for now. I'll obviously be checking online. You can get me at Clark RNO. I still have access. Uh, I got Wi-Fi out there and whatnot. Uh, info or have your say at rednationonline.ca or tweet at rednationonline. Uh, they'll get back to you. Steve obviously will still be doing uh, Equalizing the Start. Equalizing the Start, CIUT, uh, Sunday nights, 89.5 on the dial. FM. Yes, um, for what he's got going on. And I think we'll leave it at that. Yeah. It's a good night. Yeah. So it's actually got a little bit cooler. Yes. Maybe it, it will rain overnight. It dropped when the, in the second half when the uh, sun went down. And I was thinking that it... Was it the like effect? 
And then I noticed that the wind was actually coming from the highway and not from the lake. And my last sight in sound, there's a great scarf now in the east side. Yes. We are the east side. We are the, we are east, the east side. We are the east side? I think it said we are the east side. I we should, we we should have one. We are the east stand or something. We are the east stand. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to that. Yeah. We should, they should make more of those scarves and hand them around. I'll wear that with pride. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Um, thanks for listening. If you don't hear from us soon or uh, next week, don't worry. Hang tight. And we'll catch you next time. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree. It doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online from the Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah.